Hello, hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Fluently Ford. I'm so excited to have on a repeat guest, Coco Moco. Welcome to the show. How you doing? How's it going? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. I love coming on yours. And last time I came on your pod, like your audience is so loyal. I got like a spike in listeners that I'm pretty That's sure was directly from yours. There are some people where like I love having them on my podcast, but I get a little bit nervous because I go, what if they like the other person's podcast better than mine? And I'm I'm happy to say you're one of those people. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah, no, you're, they, your, your episodes are amazing. Like you've got a great co-host, but you also do a lot of cool solo episodes and yeah. you cover like celebrities, but also online trending topics. And what I really appreciate, you do a little bit of the conspiracy speculation angle, which I think makes things fun. So for anyone who hasn't listened, give a little description of uh, Ahead of the Curve, the name of your yeah. podcast. Thank you. Yes. Yeah, so it started because I had my podcast or sorry, it started because I had my TikTok, Kokomoko, and I like behind the scenes had worked in the industry for years. At the time I was at BuzzFeed. I'm now full-time doing this. Thank goodness. But, um, I was working behind the scenes, producing videos, helping with stories, helping produce videos with celebrities um, and things like that. And so I really had like I just loved the craft of it. I loved the behind the scenes. And when I started making videos about kind of what I did at my nine to five, it like blew up and I'm like, okay, three minutes isn't enough. Like I need to just talk as much as I can. I'm a Gemini moon and we love talking. So um, once I got tired of blowing up my family and friend group chats about random celebrity things, I was like, okay, I need to just find an outlet. So I made my podcast and yeah, I really love doing deep dives into different like celebrities and really just from a marketing angle. Like I always say, I never want to dog pile on anyone. I only want to like add to the conversation if I have something to say that I haven't heard anyone else say yet. So I really tried to like cover things from, uh, you know, the industry perspective and maybe like what's going on behind the scenes that people might not think about. I think everyone and part of why I love this podcast is you kind of like touch on this, but I think there's a common misconception in the world that everyone just thinks like everyone's in the Illuminati and like really, mm -hmm. but like at the end of it, they're, they're kind of just figuring it out along with us. And there are some powerful people, but um, really navigating that I think is interesting. Well, I was so excited to have you on for this because I feel like our algorithms are probably pretty similar same with like everyone listening to this where you and I like we're into the celebrity stuff we're into the speculation but you also like a lot of your episodes you had a recent one about um why everyone wanted the makeup company Glossier to fail mm -hmm. different like digital footprints of Gen X versus Gen Z millennial whatever and I feel like let's be honest like we're both a little bit chronically online I'll, I'll at least yeah. say that for myself would you identify with that term yeah like too much for sure <laughs> And I think like a lot of floozies certainly are. So today we're going to be going through and we're going to be talking about which celebrities are the most chronically online because there are a lot that came to mind for me, some that you suggested. And I think the personality traits that come with being chronically online, I'm really excited to dive into that and get a little bit pop psychology with it and see what we can explore about these celebrities because of their online presence. So we are going to be covering today Doja Cat, Haley Bieber, Elon Musk, Chrissy Teigen, Drake, and Lil Nas X. And each celebrity is chronically online in their own way. But before we cover them, just a little bit of an intro for anyone who isn't chronically online, take a drink every time I say that, you might be wondering what is this phrase, my vitamin D levels are high, I smell grass in the mornings, I don't know what this means. Chronically online how would you describe it? Because I have my own definition, but I'm curious to hear from you. Yeah, I think that chronically online is not even necessarily a bad thing. I think it's naturally people that are very observant and want a lot of different perspectives on things. Um, but I also think that it's someone who might have an idea of something that like the general public is like, huh? Like, yes. wait, what? Like, I've never heard that before. I think that's someone who's chronically online is they they know about certain topics that are very niche that probably won't hit the mainstream for a couple more months. Yeah. And there's some beautiful parts of being chronically online. Like <laughs> I think people would probably categorize the Tide Pod challenge as, you know, something that was chronically online or back in the day, like planking or the mannequin challenge or anytime I whip out a fact I know about 
Jake Paul or how Tana Mojo and Bella Thorne used to be dating. Like that's kind of chronically online behavior, which I definitely fall into the category of. And then I think there's also another sinister aspect of being chronically online. This was huge back in um, last year in October. You might remember this. There was a woman who tweeted, she went on Twitter and this was the infamous tweet. She said, My husband and I wake up every morning and bring our coffee out to our garden and sit and talk for hours every morning. It never gets old and we never run out of things to talk about. I love him so much. She got basically digitally curb stomped for this and she got all of these different angry replies for people saying, um, here was one, who has time to sit and talk for hours every day must be nice. What if we weren't inherently wealthy and we have to work and stuff? I'm happy for you, but it's just smug, self-satisfied bragging. Your partner's probably embarrassed. I wake up at 6 a.m., I shower, I go work for a shift for a minimum of 10 hours. Oh, I bet you haven't been married for long, have you? And I feel like there's um this other shoe that kind of drops sometimes with people who are chronically online, which is the fascinating ability and skill set to be able to view any sentence through the most bad faith lens possible and have that be your immediate reaction like you could see any sentence online and be like how is this somehow problematic or offensive or not addressing the needs of you know somebody who isn't married or doesn't have a garden or has you know a caffeine addiction and can't have coffee so I feel like that's also interesting because people who are online sometimes tend to think in that mindset. So how do you think that happens? And why do you think, you know, find people go in that direction? Yeah, I mean, it's just really one of those things where on the internet, like the most extreme conclusion is usually the most looked at. And so I think people that <clears throat> more so like it also if someone is just leaving like chronic mean comments I think that's a little different from like sometimes someone who's maybe observing chronically online but I always think like it's someone who maybe is struggling to be heard in their own life whether it's like at school or at work or with their partner or their family or their group chat and they see something that's going viral online and they're like how can I get like a semblance of this kind of platform Um, to feel seen and heard. And then they read the comments, they see a few negative ones and they're like, let me just like go crazy with this. So I do think that it is just rewarding, like extreme, extreme equals attention online sometimes. And I think that's where sometimes the negative discourse comes from. Um, And also just if you're online a lot, like I think you do over time become a little bit cynical, but Mm. I'm like an optimist about the internet for the most part. So it's like hard for me to become completely cynical, but I get it. Yeah. A lot of people online say that, you know, these people who are chronically online, they're living in a completely different reality. And it's interesting to think about with virtual reality. And if we think about it, my screen time, I'm like so embarrassed to tell you what it actually is, but I'll just say without saying an actual number, there are many days where my screen time is more than half of the time that I'm awake. So like I am spending 50, 60, sometimes 80% of my day online. So of course I'm chronically online. I'm not living in the real world. The majority of my time, even if I'm showering, like I have AirPods in and I'm listening to a podcast, it's literally a disease. So Mm -hmm. I feel like it's very easy to sink into this online world. And also I just always try to remind myself as we record this right now, there's executives over in Silicon Valley and New York who are paying the best people in the world to do the most insane things to keep you online for longer, attached to your screen, more addicted to this stuff. So, you know, I say this without uh, any judgment in my heart because we are up against like a big beast who wants us to be online literally as we sleep. And some people do that. Have you seen the TikToks of like, oh, TikTok live, I'm sleeping. Send me a gift and I'll wake up. (laughs) Yes, I always say like, especially with lives, like I really do think the reason we turn to the internet is more so for companionship than entertainment. It's why like you might have a TV show up on your TV, but you're also scrolling on Reddit to see what people are saying about the TV show. Like the phone is where you just want to have companionship and your the other technology is where you're often entertained. So yeah, people just want to be in the room with someone else. The amount of times I like feel lonely in my apartment and I go to like Reddit or Instagram or something. Mm-hmm. And if like I don't ever think of reading a book, watching a movie, some because I want to be connecting with people. Right. Yeah. So I think that loneliness definitely yeah. comes down to this. So. And I'll 
sorry i want to add in that made me think i think like if someone uses reddit that's a really great example of someone who's like chronically online but i will say like i had to delete reddit off my phone like it was just so negative not just the few things i saw about myself but like a lot of posts about everything was really negative and i just like had to get off but yeah i think reddit is a good example of people who are so chronically online that like saying it as someone who used to do this myself like you can't find the discord anywhere else that you want to have so like reddit's like the last place you go where you know that like it's the most unhinged conversations yes yeah the way i used to be all over reddit and now even just the mention of it i have like almost honestly like committed myself into institutions because of reddit like it i like i cannot i can't it's to me it's like a one one drink like i just cannot have a single drink of it otherwise like who knows what will happen to me it's i know (laughs) every every creator like starts shaking when you talk about I know I I don't think like and as someone who's been on reddit but like I genuinely don't think anyone I would love to be proved wrong I don't think anyone opens reddit and seriously goes to like start a post that's like I'm gonna spread positivity like it's literally (laughs) just like what's the craziest meanest thing that I noticed about this reality star in this split second of the show that I can point out you know what I will say too I like a couple years ago I went through and I was like I'm like I'm gonna have reddit and I'm gonna make it my own because you can with the subreddits Mm -hmm. so I will shout out some that I've liked in case anyone wants to add some like positivity to their reddit there was one called the girl survival guide and that was great it's just like what do you do when you get a yeast infection like what type of panties are you guys wearing um there's one called kids are fucking stupid like the house porn the room porn all of that stuff is good But yeah, like anytime you're looking for discourse, it's just like not going to be fun. Yeah. (laughs) Today's episode of Fluently Forward is brought to you by Jenny Kane. Jenny Kane is a California brand of apparel and they have these classic staples through and through. It's very luxurious, very effortless and very minimalist. It gives me, if you had to describe a celebrity who gives me Jenny Kane, I would say Meghan Markle. I would say Gwyneth Paltrow. I would say Jennifer Aniston. I just love all of the looks. I think that they're very timeless. You could probably wear anything that's from the Jenny Kane line for the next like 100 years. So some of the favorite items that they have are their cashmere sweaters. It's a perfect wear with anything v-neck. And then they're also known for their long, simple slip dresses, which I think is a very beautiful look. So if you want to gift yourself and your loved ones with the best gift of all, Jenny Gain, our listeners get 25% off of your first order when you use our exclusive link, and that is JennyKane.com forward slash fluently. So that's 25% off of your first order, J-E-N-N-I-K-A-Y-N-E.com slash fluently. Let getting dressed be one less thing to worry about. All right, well, let's get into some of these chronically online celebrities. And the first one, of course, that came to mind for me was Doja Cat. Now, she has basically always had a history of being online. All the way back in high school, she has been quoted saying that she used to frequently skip school to participate in online chat rooms. So this is for the last maybe 15 years of her life. So she ended up um, struggling in school. She ended up dropping out at age 16 when she was in her junior year. And she continued to basically stay online. So she claimed that she slept on the floor and spent all day and night browsing the internet looking for beats and instrumentals from YouTube, which she downloaded to then create her own music. So she was super fascinated with internet culture. Um, she was on MySpace a lot. She taught herself how to sing, rap, and use Garage Band at home. And then she ended up putting her music on SoundCloud. So these are all different kind of facets of the internet. And when she really got big, it was in August 2008. 18 when she self-published a homemade music video for her song Moo. And I have to say like you're very good at picking up on who's going to be big or who's going to really make it. Back when Doja Cat came out with Moo, and I will say in 2018, I think I was vegan at the time, so I was like, fuck this person, like, making fun of, like, because I think she did a genius video where she was Mm -hmm. like, I love to eat cows because they're so yummy, and it, like, triggered me at the time, but did you think that she was going to be the phenomenon she is today based off of Moo? Yeah, so it wasn't from specifically Moo. I remember when Moo came out, and I do remember the genius interview that she did, Um, but it was a few songs later. It was probably like two years later where, um, there's this playlist on Spotify. It's called Lorem and it's like all the good new artists. It's a little life hack if you want to like find new music artists before they blow up. But 
Um, Wait, how do you spell it? Lorem? Yeah, L-O-R-E-M on Spotify. Okay. And I think like the, um, yeah, it's just, it's really good artists. Um, also this one, Paul. And anyways, I use playlists on Spotify and I found an, a new song from Doja Cat. Um, and it wasn't one of her bigger ones, but I remember like being on a road trip and driving to Palm Springs um, and being like, I feel like this person's actually going to be really big. And it was probably a year before <clears throat> TikTok found her. So I didn't know when I saw Moo. I thought that was really interesting, um, but I, I don't think she really showed herself musically until later. And I do think like Moo did kind of set her up even now where she's um, like an awards darling and the industry loves her. But I think she is so memed that like it's why we see now the resentment that she sometimes has towards her audience where I always say like you can never introduce yourself a second time like the first mm. way that people find you is how they're going to remember you and I think that she kind of always has this uphill battle of being taken seriously because she was a meme first um something that I think we see the resentment coming out now later in her God, career everything you say is like so profound you're right you can <laughs> never introduce yourself a second time mm -hmm. and I remember like being so shocked because the first time I saw her was in that cow costume on the genius interview mm -hmm. but now sh to me she is the ultimate entertainer like she can yeah. sing she can dance she can rap she's beautiful she's smart she's with it she's very into fashion some of her videos of her performances I will like I watch them and my mouth drops open like it it makes me very this sounds so corny but it makes me very proud to be a woman because like when she'll dance to that song woman and she moves her hips and I'm just like I'm sorry but like no man can do that you know what yeah. I mean like poems weren't written about men doing that like look at yeah. what she's doing it's incredible but um you know despite the talent I'll just summarize some of the online scandals that she's gotten into because there's been mm -hmm. a lot so yeah. in 2018 her Twitter history was revealed. She had used the F slur a lot. She ended up initially defending that, but then later apologizing for that and deleting the tweets. In March 2020, she got backlash on an Instagram Live saying that COVID-19 was only a flu and she wasn't scared of it. Then there was another, um, people have probably heard about this, there were allegations of her in tiny chat chat rooms saying the N-word, um, it, it, I, we need to one day do a deep dive into this, but basically frequent users of that chat room had come forward later on and said that the nature of the chat room wasn't specifically racist. And then some people had said that it was. Do you know where things netted out on that? Yeah, I remember that tiny chat controversy. One, again, that's just another sign of someone who is chronically online is that they'll use apps that are like, either only for early adopters or yeah. just like very niche apps like I think of people that were on that community app where you like yelled at each other um <laughs> on audio and this clubhouse. is one of, clubhouse yeah sorry yeah. I don't even know the name so yeah it's clubhouse um yeah. and with tiny chat like I I think part of the yeah I mean you mentioned it here like part of the discourse was that the conversations were very alt-right um, which oddly Doja seems to find herself intertwined with, um, yeah, like more, more than once, more, which way is more than a little once, yeah. odd. Yeah. Like maybe one time was a mistake two times as a pattern. So I just remember, I think part of why it didn't really affect her career that much is because it's such an obscure side of the internet that like people aren't really like cnn's not going to talk about tiny chat like they're <laughs> the main public isn't going to know what that is so yeah. yeah i think it just like no one really knows and that's probably how she wanted it to stay yeah because i mean how many people could be like oh tiny chat rooms are like this was the first time i had ever really heard of it i didn't know that it was a thing yeah um whereas you know like some of these subreddits you kind of know what they're about right like men yeah. going their own way like i know what that subreddit is about but tiny chat never really heard of it mysterious yeah then there were other ones too march 2022 um there was you know this was the first backlash where she went on Twitter saying threatening to kind of quit because she had had a bad experience with fans in Paraguay. She changed her Twitter username to I quit. Um, you know, in the past summer of this year, July of 2023, she was really kind of going 
against her fans, saying that she doesn't like her fans, that they're stupid, they're cringe, they need to get a job. Um, I personally thought that it was kind of funny, but obviously some people were upset by it. And then my favorite, well, there's even more, but my favorite incident of hers that happened online was with Noah Schnapp, the young kid from Stranger Things, when obviously the latest season came out, everybody was thirsting over Joseph Quinn. She slid into Noah's DMs and she said, Noah, can you tell Joseph to HMU? Wait, no, does he have a GF? And he said, Limo, slide into his DMs. Doja responds saying, IDK his IG or Twitter. He doesn't have a DM to slide in which is just the most insane thing to do ever because like you're chronically online so you know how Google works. So then Noah Schnapp sent back Joseph Quinn's IG and said right here ma'am and then ended up like taking a screenshot of that DM and posting a TikTok about it which is definitely not the chill thing to do. Right. But then she she went on TikTok live and started talking about how Noah – is probably a fucking snake for doing that, but she doesn't want to say that he's a snake because he is a child, but also who does that? And maybe it was a power play. And the whole thing, once again, I just thought it was hilarious, but a lot of people were upset by it. So many questions here. Number one, as somebody who has their finger on the pulse and is ahead of the curve, (laughs) would you ever give advice to a celebrity to go live because I just feel like every time Doja Cat goes on live some shit happens and it's just like why do you keep going live no I know I think like I am definitely an advocate for that I think live streaming is really interesting and it's like a medium that's only gonna grow however I don't think public figures need to be (laughs) like (laughs) I I just think that so many mistakes happen The only good thing with going live from like a marketing PR standpoint is um, there's this thing in in PR strategy called information overload. And it's essentially where if something bad happens, you want to like flood the feed with a bunch of other things Mm -hmm. so that people get confused and like there's um, other news things happening in the news cycle. So I do think like with live streams, bad, like bad things do get clipped. However, live streams, like so much happens in them or especially with Doge cat, she's always like shaving her head or doing something crazy that I almost think fans get exhausted. They're like, okay, there's so much happening here. Like, um, so, but, but to answer your question, I feel like there's not a ton of positive payoff when people go live or, they just are okay with like making mistakes and possibly looking like a bad person. But if they're like, that's who I am, then have at it. So yeah, it just depends on the person. Once you're a celebrity or a public figure and you get the the bad reputation, I feel like Mm -hmm. it's honestly such a blessing in disguise because I agree. Yeah. Cause like all these, you know, crazy Scott Disick, Kanye West, like all of these people, If they do anything, the bar is so low that if they do anything normal, it's like, oh my God, what a good person. Whereas somebody like, for example, I think of this all the time, like Drew Barrymore Mm. had such a great reputation. Everybody loved her. She did 71,930 things right. And then she scabbed by like maybe bringing her show back. And everybody was like, actually, fuck you, Drew Barrymore. I think the mask slipped and you've always been evil and we just saw it now. And it's like, what is going on that like somebody could have years of good character under their belt, all of these good things that they do. And then they put their foot in their mouth one time and it's like, oh, actually, you're the worst person ever. It was fascinating to watch because I thought Drew Barrymore would like you know, never have the people turn against her. But if it's someone like Scott Disick or Jeffree Star who does that, nobody cares because it's already their reputation. Yeah, you're so right. Like the bar is so low that if they even like hand out $5 to someone that they're walking by, like they're a saint. So yeah, I think that's something that some people do keep in mind. Um, I think influencers are a lot better at that because there's so much more information about them online. So they're making they're making the same amount of mistakes as maybe a celebrity. It's just that the influencers are like usually filming it and posting it themselves and then regretting it. And so I think influencers, like it's harder for them to kind of be canceled or pushed away because they like, there's already so much about them that they've made other mistakes. So their audience, if their audience is still there, they're going to be loyal to them for the most part. 
Um, and so I think that's why we're seeing, like, I, I made a video, I think about this a while ago where we're seeing a fascinating thing happen where celebrities are making the same mistakes when it comes to apologies that influencers made like five years ago. And Drew Barrymore's crying apology on the floor was very reminiscent of Laura Lee's crying apology on the floor from like 2015, 2016. And it's almost as if influencers have to do so much more to stay relevant that they're almost evolving at the speed of light, whereas celebrities don't really have that same like evolution and feedback loop. And I yeah. think that's why we see them make the mistakes that they're making. If if Drew Barrymore knew what was good for her, she would have done a Trisha Paytas. You know what I mean? Yes. Like it would have been apology video with tears, but also like chicken fingers in front of her and the refrigerator yes. behind her. <laughs> exactly. I'm a chicken nugget. Yes. So, um, okay. So wrapping up on Doja Cat, yeah. my question for you is why do you think after all of the drama that's happened online and the many times this has almost kind of torpedoed her career she still stays online you know there's videos of her in those same tiny chat chat rooms um and this is post her shaving her head so you know that it's recent (laughs) and it's just kind of baffling to me because I would think you know you have one incident and at the very least your PR person probably works into your contract that you're not allowed to do it again or something but she must be getting something off of these online communities that makes her keep going back what do you think it is yeah I mean one I do have to know I think one of the funniest things about this story is the sentence that's like Doja Cat face backlash on threads because I will say I think Doja Cat is the first and last person to have thread drama like that's the only (laughs) time I ever saw threads in a headline like that and I don't think I've seen it since so I will say that um but I mean I think that like one just creatures of habit I think a lot of celebrities are more chronically online than we think because I I think that the nature of being a celebrity is very lonely and I don't think people Mm. always like comprehend that like me if I notice I'm on my phone too much I can go to a Barnes and Nobles and like walk and look at books or go to a Target they can't really do that like and there's a lot of downtime they're on planes they're on buses they're all I think all of them are chronically online some of them are just chronically posting there's a difference between Mm. chronically online and chronically posting Um, And I think all of the stories here just come back to like the fact that I do think Doja Cat has an understandable resentment where she's very talented. She's very celebrated in the industry, but like her fans and the, the general public kind of always sees her as like this meme because that's how they were introduced to her. And I think that's where her like, I quit or like, that I think that's where that resentment comes from. Um, if I was on her team, like I, I would just tell her to maybe go MIA on all social media for like a year, like Taylor Swift status. Mm. And I think that would be a way to like cleanse the palate in a way. But I also think like she's the type that has a really loyal fandom now that even when she does kind of make these mistakes, like her fans are there. Like she told them she hated them and they're still like <laughs> showing up to her new concert. So, and like, I'm a Doja fan, like I don't, you know, I, I, so I think there is that there. And then I also think just to add one more note is, um, like people really villainize public figures for parasocial relationships, but I don't really think even the celebrities understand how those parasocial relationships are forming. Like, I don't think that it's like a mad scientist. And I think we saw that with Doja Cat's, um, anger towards her audience, like, I, I like she's like you don't even know me like I know she was kind of saying things like that to her fan accounts and I think there was that feeling of like people are like oh these celebrities are conspiring to like create these unhealthy bonds but again like I don't even think they really understand why it's happening all the time so mm-hmm. I don't know I, I do think it just comes back to her being a meme and being kind of like resentful for it understandably so because she's so much more than that. Yeah, and I love your prescription for it because I feel like there's some chronically online celebrities like we're going to be talking about Haley Bieber and Chrissy mm-hmm. Teigen who are the type who, you know, I hate to say it, I hope they're not listening. I feel like they're pretty talentless. So they are online because like, who are they without their online presence? A lot of who they are is their tweets and what mm-hmm. they're doing and what they're posting. But Doja Cat is someone who's so unbelievably freaking talented Mm -hmm. that if you took away all the social media stuff, what do you have to focus on? It's only what she's doing. And what she's doing is incredible. So I think it would really help her out. I think of that sometimes with um, Julia Fox. You know, I'm like, I wonder if she just got off of TikTok but then starred in another another movie. It would remind people, oh, wait, this is a talented person who has these entertainment skills that I kind of forgot about, you know? 
Totally. Yeah, I think that's such a great... I'm, I'm excited to see what you have to say about like Haley and Chrissy Teigen. Today's episode of Fluently Forward is brought to you by Lumi, Lumi deodorant. As the weather is getting colder, at least for us in the Northern Hemisphere here, you might think that you're sweating less. I find myself sweating more, okay, when you're wearing those tight turtlenecks and maybe you're sitting by a fireplace, okay, just because it's not like 80 degrees out doesn't mean that you're not sweating and you want to smell good when you do so. So Lumi deodorant is a fantastic company. What I really like about them is that not only are all of their products, they're baking soda free, they're paraben free, they're pH balance. They're incredibly safe to use, but also they come in a variety of different options. So Lumi has something called the Lumi Starter Pack, and this is fantastic for new customers. It comes with the solid stick deodorant. That's what I'm used to using. A cream tube deodorant, which I love because you can really put it easily anywhere on your body. And you will also get two free products of your choice, like a mini body wash or a deodorant wipe and free shipping. So as a special offer for our listeners, new customers are going to get $5 off your Lumi Starter Pack with code fluently at lumideodorant.com, which is over 40% off of your starter pack when you visit lumideodorant.com and use code fluently. Yeah, well, I mean, let's dive right in into Haley. So Haley Bieber is someone where I'm terrified all the time that she's actually listening to this podcast. I feel like she's everywhere. I feel mm-hmm. like, and she's very tuned in. She's not the type of like Doja Lil Nas X where she's like meme knowledgeable, but I feel like she knows everything that people are saying about her online and it hurts her feelings and she goes back for more. I kind of get the same vibe of Madison Beer a little bit about this. Like these are both two beautiful, stunning people where I just wish that they would avoid the internet because you're never going to be able to change it, you know? Yeah. I didn't, um, sorry, I I don't mean to like intro here too. I'm looking at your note. I vaguely remember this, but her reaching out to Hannah Burner about the Hillsong conspiracy. (laughs) Yes. So Hannah Burner, she has a podcast called Burning in Hell. And if she ever wants to have me on, I would be so, so honored and lucky to go on. Anyway, but she had on Claire Parker from Celebrity Memoir Book Club. And Claire was talking about a rumor that was popularized by the Beyond the Blinds podcast. It was one of NT's blind items that was all about this theory, rumor, that basically at Hillsong, you can like they kind of want the female celebrities to get married off to the male celebrities. So then that way they can be a Hillsong married celebrity, et cetera, blah, blah, blah. And there was a rumor going around that Haley Bieber was like promised to Chris Pratt, but then she ended up going for Justin Bieber instead, but there was a chance that she was going to get with him and like, whatever. So Claire talked about that on the podcast. It had been a blind item for years. Like people who knew about it were like, Oh yeah, whatever. Then (laughs) Haley Bieber ends up, I guess listening to that podcast or someone sent her a clip of it or something and she DM'd Hannah Burner and she was like, I just wanted to let you know, like that rumor is not true. Like I was not promised off to anyone, which is so uncomfortable. That would be like Taylor Swift DMing me and be like, I actually never went down on Carly Kloss and I'd be like, oh Oh shit, you like you weren't supposed to hear that. Right. Um, Anyway, so that was the type of thing where I was like, it's interesting because Haley Bieber is always talking about how she sees things online that hurt her feelings, but she always then wants to correct it or explain herself. And I understand that urge. And like my first year of creating, I definitely had that urge too. And then I had the realization that um, sometimes people are just going to be wrong about you. And sometimes people are going to have misinformation or whatever, or like, you know, theories about you or speculations. I remember Back in the day, I read some Reddit posts where they were like, and like, not only is Fluently Forward Republican, but she also went to like a private school. And I was just like, what? And it had like 16 upvotes. And I was just like, your immediate urge is to jump in and be like, what are you talking about? Absolutely not. But then after a certain point, you have to be like, people are just going to be wrong about me. And like, it Mm -hmm. is what it is. And I feel like Haley Bieber has not reached that level all the way from like in the past. This was years ago. She accidentally followed a Selena Gomez fan account. And then when she realized that she had, she unfollowed it and DM'd the person saying that it was an accident and she was so sorry. And um, all of these things, like, it just feels like she's always trying to correct and explain. And I feel like, you know, once you're married to Justin frickin' Bieber, you got to let that urge go because it's never going to help you. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, like, it, it does kind of make me think of, um, which I guess will also, I think I have it in um, my podcast that we'll talk about as well, but the uh, her going on Call Her Daddy, 
when she had a lot of momentum behind her 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 as a trendsetter and her uh, creating a brand and kind of like she was this it girl and then she went on call her daddy and kind of addressed the selena thing but like didn't say her name it really just put her back a few steps where she was really becoming known for being herself and then she got looped back into this love triangle that i don't think any of the celebrities want like all three of them i'm sure are just tired of it i don't know but um, it, I, I do think it would make sense if she was kind of just reading the stories that you were talking about, if she was a little bit chronically online. I can always tell, like, if someone's kind of chronically online based on who they collab with, like if mm. they're really good at collaborating with like up and coming TikTokers. And I think Hailey Bieber had Hannah Burner at her like strawberry road launch in New York. Yeah. Um, so I'm sure she's like online in that way um but yeah I mean I I don't know I I wonder if it is also she's a little bit more like hyper aware of her reputation almost to a detriment in some ways because of like you said like she maybe doesn't have other things that she's doing like music or tv and so the um her reputation is really all she has but uh I mean, I think her like doing the mean girl costume for Halloween is such a way for her to just kind of like let the the reins a little bit loose um, because it's this narrative that I think she's probably very conscious of. I was more so curious about what her day to day life was like during the really height of. I mean, whether you're team Selena or team Haley, I always say like, I'm an adult. I'm not really team anyone, <laughs> but I will say like, I think Haley Bieber got an unhealthy amount of hate like it was in over a eyebrow picture that she didn't even post and I all and she didn't post like Hailey Bieber went silent online for a while and I really would love if there's like a documentary on what she did during those like two to three months um well she talked about it in uh really what did she say like I can't imagine what um, it was like she went to rehab for a bit I think or it it was some sort of like therapy focused I mean you'd have to it's like Raquel Vanderpump rules. If you watch that, like she had to go to like a away kind of thing oh, where they take your phone. A hundred. When I tell you that, like I've had some, you know, mishaps online. I can't eat for days. Like I yeah, like I'm so same. unwell. Like, and you sound like such a pussy saying it, but like, you know, they've basically lined up these ideals of like public shaming, linking to symptoms of PTSD and just like how mm-hmm. it correlates or how the body goes through shock, especially when your career is on the line. And, um, it's very interesting. I'm excited for us to talk about this too on your podcast episode, which everyone should listen to right after this, <laughs> because I'm working on an episode where I actually am now a fan of Haley Bieber after her call yeah. her daddy interview, even though I, you know, I don't like Alex Cooper. I don't was think she this did a, a new interview, interview or was it the one she did? It's the one she did. And I don't think okay. Alex helped her for that. We'll talk about it more on yours, okay. but like, but she did come across as very self-aware Mm. and very forgiving and I think Haley's you know quote-unquote issue it's just that she cares too much she seems very deeply deeply empathetic I don't think she's like um I don't know she, she's not giving me Doja Cat or Chrissy Teigen energy yeah but even like this was something I put in the notes there was a moment where she shared a photo of her hands on Instagram and I guess like her pinky bends a little bit at the knuckle and she and like that was something she addressed online where she went okay let's get into the pinky conversation because I've made fun of myself about this forever so I might as well just tell everyone else why they're so crooked and scary and there was like some condition that she has it's genetic I've had it my whole life so people can stop asking me WTF is wrong with her pinky fingers here's what is wrong lol so in conclusion please stop roasting me about my pinky fingers And I have to say, like, it really tickled the shit out of me because I'm just like, you are drilling down to everything that people say about you online, even down to your pinky fingers. And also what I think the mark of a truly confident person, and I'm not saying I'm truly confident, but here's something about me. I've got big, gross bunions, and they're always going to be big, gross bunions. A podiatrist once said that my feet were deformed, and that hurt my feelings, okay? Because I've got freakish little bunions, and if you want to roast me about them, you can, because I have them, and it's a deformity, and it's gross. It doesn't mean that I'm less worthy or that I'm ugly or anything, but I would rather steer into the skid because it's a fact. I've got weird bunions, and I 
think that Haley's prescription should be saying, I've got a crooked pinky Mm -hmm. and I fuck Justin Bieber with it every night. So cry, eat your heart out, bitch. You know what I mean? Like she needs to steer into the skid rather than being like, stop roasting me about my pinky fingers. The internet, that's an impossible ask. You're being unaffected and you're not going to get your call to action and it's never going to happen. So you can't ask the internet. All, all, all that does is make me want to roast her about her pinky fingers. Do you know what I mean? Yes. I do think she always is like in her power when she's leaning into um, the narrative. Like I remember the first time the tides really shifted in her, in her favor was when she was like photographed in a parking garage, which like you can always tell too like I don't know for sure this is alleged I guess but when celebrities have like um when they call a paparazzi um I don't know if that's what happened here but it is odd that they happen to be in a parking garage when she was there but she had like an, a shirt on that said nepo baby yeah. and I was like okay see that's like where she's leaning into her power I do think there's something interesting here though where like I don't know if this is intentional but if I was a celebrity and people were hating on me for something that I felt like deeply insecure about usually for me, it's like, like personality or something. I would draw attention to something that I've like made peace with just to shift the narrative. Like people always say I have like an oily forehead. I'm like, I can't help it. But (laughs) if I ever like wanted to shift the narrative away from, um, like people, Oh my God, the search bar, which we'll talk about on mine is always like the suggested search. People send me screenshots. It's like at Coco Moco annoying. Um, (laughs) And that always hurts my feelings, but I'm like, okay, like if I, if I was a celebrity and I wanted to shift the narrative, I'd be like, oh my God, I'm so insecure about my oily forehead. Like stop talking about it. Cause then it kind of creates a divergence and then people will talk about that. So like mm. people always want what they can't have. So like, if you just like act like you're really affected by something that you don't really care about, then people are going to start talking about that and maybe avoid the thing that like, you're actually like really insecure about. That's like, maybe yes. that's just what I learned from getting like bullied in middle school, but <laughs> I'm like, eh, maybe she did it as a divergence. I don't think so, but it's just interesting. Yeah. Also too, I think that there's just a level of, um, I don't know, maturity or age or wisdom that happens where it's like, yeah, I've got bunions, but I'm able to run around. And I have the mm-hmm. thinnest lips on the planet, but I'll be honest, I've got perfect tits. God really <laughs> granted me with that. And I've got thick hair, but it's also very naughty. And it's like so, cr- so that's both a good and a bad. And like when you get to a certain age, you're just like, these are things about me. And they are just things that exist. Yeah. And I feel like once you're, you know, somebody said, I don't know, your forehead, my lips, like it is what it is. And you're just like, it is what it is, I guess, in a sense. And it, yeah. to me, like, I feel like Haley does all of these things where you can tell that she doesn't have a strong foundation because mm-hmm. even with that Nepo baby shirt, it was a funny gag. And yeah, she got photographed in the garage and then she changed out of the shirt into a different one to go out in public because she felt like embarrassed to wear it around people. So it's like, girl, like you took it halfway there, but the fact that you didn't go all the way through actually means that it's two steps back. So I think everybody needs to lean into their authenticity and her authenticity might be, I am wildly sensitive and everything like upsets me. And there's still a niche for you to be popular in that Mm -hmm. area. That's more of the Trisha Paytas thing. You know what I mean? So like there's, there's still an avenue for her there. I just feel like her trying to be like, Instagram baddie like I don't think you're Instagram baddie I think you're I think you're bubbles from um Powerpuff Girls and like that should have been your Halloween costume or something yeah that's such a good point I know I think that like Haley probably does have something interesting that maybe the public isn't privy to like when she had that show where she would do makeup and stuff and eat food with her friends in the bathroom like that was so interesting and then I'm sad it ended and I think it really showed like something that she seems to excel in I'm saying this parasocially as someone who's like a thousand degrees of separation from Hailey Bieber but she's really good it seems like it being friends with like really important people and Mm. um and I'm sure there's something about her that's really like vulnerable that they're drawn to and like just maybe she's just a good friend and like she should lean into that narrative and like showcase that I know they really showcased it in like the Justin Bieber documentaries about why he like chose her I guess or whatever but um I don't know I think there's probably interesting things about her that we don't know that like she doesn't really know how to tap into yet you know what god we should be working for her you know what she should have done she should have tried as hard as she could have to have been one of the women in don't worry darling because then she could have played up the angle of oh "Oh, i'm just a perfect wife who stays at home like this is my role you know like that could have been fun or like a remake of stepford wives or something like right yeah i wonder if she'll ever go into acting 
That'll be interesting. I would be curious. I will say, like, once again, like, sure, maybe she's got the crooked pinky finger. She's also got the most flawless skin in the world I've seen mm. on anyone. I just wish, like, I don't know. I just wish instead of being, like, stop roasting me about my pinky fingers, if she was just like, I fuck your bitch with my pinky <laughs> fingers and right. my skin is perfect, you know? Then I would have been like, oh, let's go it. Yes. Today's episode of Fluently Forward is brought to you by Mood. If you're chill as hell and you like to get high, let me tell you a little bit about Mood because you might be just like me, baby. Mood is basically known for their federally legal THC, but in an exciting twist, they've got a new potent product on the lineup. They are introducing this hemp-based THCA flower, which is the future of legal THC. It basically gives you access to the classic marijuana high because it converts into THC when you heat it. Mood also has Delta 8 flower, they've got gummies, they've got vape cartridges, and much more. And a really cool thing that they can do on their website is you sort by your mood based off of what you want, right? I'm a moody girl, so if you want to be creative, if you want to be energetic, if you want to be relaxed, that's how you can uh, search for things on their website, which is very, very cool. So you can try Mood's new THCA flower today, and you get 20% off your first order and a free gram of THCA flower. So go to hellomood.com and use the promo code FLUENTLY. That's hellomood.com with the promo code FLUENTLY for 20% off your order and a free gram of THCA flour. Okay, um, Elon Musk. I wanted to put him on this list because he is chronically online in a little bit more of a sinister way. Um, now that I'm thinking about it, I wonder if him and Doja Cat will ever like end up. I had a, on my bingo card that Doja Cat and Logan Paul were going to do something together. I'm like still waiting for that to happen. I said that randomly to my friend Nikki that you probably always see my videos. Like we were hanging out one day and I just blurted out, I feel like Doja Cat and Elon Musk are going to date at one point. And he's like, <laughs> huh? And I'm like, no, like it makes so much sense. Like it's crazy how much sense it makes, but he didn't get it. So maybe someone out there will get what I mean. I feel like they should date and it would just... For better or for worse, they just like go together in my brain. Yes. Like I just I don't know. Like who knows? Maybe it'll happen, maybe it won't. But yeah. Once again, we know that he is also chronically online. The one story I want to share, this was the biggest ick of all to me. And it's hard to ick me out when you're the richest man in the world, but he manages to do it so often, you know. Did you hear the story about his fake his finsta for lack of a better word his like fake alternate account on twitter no wait he had a a, a twitter a fake twitter he had a, a, twitter. He had a fitter or a fix Interesting. i guess it's oh right X. so basically this happened a couple months ago he was showing a screenshot of his profile i don't know to like reference some sort of twitter feature and if you click like your profile on Twitter in the menu, it'll also pop up different avatars or icons of other accounts that you have linked <gasps> to that. So you could do that, you know, like on Instagram, that's how you switch to different accounts. So when he shared a screenshot of his profile, you were able to see a little icon of this little boy. And if you click into, or if you find, or you search for that avatar online, it turns up this Twitter account called Elon Test. The at is E-R-M-N Musk. And it's the same avatar that's linked to Elon's account. And it's a Twitter account that was created in November 2022, which was weeks after he bought Twitter. It is his account that he tweets from. And he is tweeting pretending to be his four-year-old son. Or I guess now the son is seven. It's the son X-E-A-A-12, like the first one that he had with Grimes. So for years... <laughs> For about two years, he had been using this fake Twitter account where he pretends to be his toddler son and he tweets as him. So he had all these tweets from like one tweet said, I will finally turn three on May 4th. He had another tweet where he said, um, do you like Japanese girls? He would like ask people on Twitter. There was another tweet where he said, I wish I was old enough to go to nightclubs. They sound so fun. So he's like cosplaying as a little three year old on Twitter tweeting as his fake son. He's like responding to different people with this like fake Twitter account. There was like an image of um, President Biden's motorcade coming out of a military cargo plane. And he responded to the photo and said, why does he need so many cars? Does he have a big family? So in his free time, Elon Musk would like go on this second Twitter account and like cosplay as like a, his little four-year-old baby son 
um there was like elon oh my god this one was so cringe elon musk on november 2022 posted a screenshot of a porn hub uh video that says man fucks five million people at once mm-hmm. and it was like that bank guy that fucked the people over. guy yeah yeah and then he responds to his own tweet as his son and he goes is this a real p-e-o-n video like is this a real porn video but spelt wrong so he's like responding to his own tweets as his fake son and then this was the most wild one he tweeted uh in april 2023 as his son Grimes left the king of SpaceX, crying laughter emoji. Her kids must hate her. They probably want to spend all their time with Mr. Tesla, crying laughing emoji. So he's like dunking on <laughs> the mother of his child while tweeting, pretending to be his child. And he was doing this for two years. So anytime someone's like, Elon Musk is so busy. I'm like, no, he's not. He, he's tweeting us his fake son. Wait, that is so crazy. I, yeah, I'm surprised more people didn't talk about it. It like blew my mind when it happened. I, so this kind of does make me think about um, this is more on like a broader level. Um, but when I was in college in one of my marketing classes, it was around the, the time of the 2016 election. And we were learning about how prevalent it was on Facebook and Twitter where um, people like you know, acting for different countries, uh, some of them being like Russia. And this is a whole other conversation that is way too deep for me, but they would create these like fake accounts. I mean, it was literally like bot farms and they would use photos of Americans that they would either pull from like Tinder or like guys holding fishes. Um, and they would just like, if anyone posted anything like pro Bernie or pro Hillary, they would go in and reply in the comments and be like, no, like you're crazy for liking them. Like, and it was this entire thing where all these bots are being run by only a handful of people. Um, and it's so weird to see it happening like in real time where the person that's now the owner of X was essentially running like a bot that like, isn't <laughs> like a bot is literally either it's, you know, a computer that's posting these things and, or someone behind the screen pretending to be someone else um for whatever purpose usually to like shift narratives I know there was a big basketball player I believe it was Kevin Durant um who had like a fake account and whenever like game like whenever he would have a game or whatever and then ESPN or um sports commentators would uh talk about Kevin Durant uh these quote-unquote fan accounts accounts would go in and kind of um like post positively about him and shift the narrative and then um, one, I think it got found out that he was the one running the account, one of the accounts because he accidentally posted in that same kind of dialect and verbiage, but he accidentally posted it from his account that was verified. Um, and so even sports figures do it. Um, and I'm pretty sure you can, I mean, I've never worked on this side of the industry, but I've heard of it that you can like pay PR firms and they'll create bot farms to like support you or if you're getting canceled they'll like go in and comment on people's videos saying bad things about you um kind of shifting the narrative in support of you instead but it's just weird seeing it happen in like real time and like why he was doing it from his kids voice is like uh, maybe like something that we'll never understand it's just very <laughs> odd like I don't know maybe he thought it was like unsuspecting like I don't know that's just odd with the the bot thing is a hundred percent real right sometimes it's bots sometimes people call it astroturfing I've Mm -hmm. even had people reach out and offer those services to me and oh boy am I tempted sometimes but really um, wait what do they say like like is it like if you get in controversy or something or just yeah people can like (gasps) upvote and downvote things and remove them and like have them blocked on your behalf I've never done it because I oh god here come the Republican allegations but I do believe in free speech ah sorry guys no (laughs) but like you know I think if people want to talk shit like it's totally within as long as you're not you know DMing me and saying the most insane things I've ever heard in my life like everybody has the right to their opinion but I know for a fact that people can and do do these things a recent example was um Justin Timberlake did you hear about this how it came out against him where basically um after Britney's memoir came out and everybody was talking about the I was gonna say miscarriage the abortion that they had obviously everybody takes to Twitter everybody's like fuck you Justin Timberlake and all of these accounts on Twitter are found underneath these you know pro Britney tweets saying the exact same sentence this is it 
Two consenting adults made a joint decision what was best for them at that period in their lives. I see no issue. And if you put that, you know, sentence with quotes around it, you'll see thousands of Twitter accounts and they all look real because from time to time they tweet normal things, right? That's what these bots do. But then whenever they're called, all of these bots can go through. And I have seen it in real time. And this is why I'm so into... Like if my podcast could encourage anyone to do anything, I really want it to encourage people to like think for yourself, like do not be influenced Mm -hmm. by what you see online, only if it lines up with your values and what you already think, because there's so much of this, you know, sneaky shenanigans going on. Mm -hmm. And I remember I made a video like a year ago because I saw this happening with Kevin Spacey and it was when he had three of his accusers had all died in the same month. And one was from... Um, They died by suicide. One was um, cancer and one was, I think, hit by a car. And obviously, it's a little bit unusual to have three of your accusers die in the same month. One might say it's even unusual to have three accusers full stop. Like, that's already a red flag. So I, you know, of course, I'm a bit of a conspiracy theorist, but I was like, dude, this is insane. So I hopped on a Reddit thread and all of the comments were the same vibe as this Justin Timberlake bot. They always go for the same um, like highbrow, like the the I see no issue. Yeah, they're like you're crazy. Like this really isn't a big deal. And it kind of got in my head where I was like, oh god, like am I being crazy? Like yeah, I guess for people sure. do die all the time. And then I was like, wait a minute, let me actually use my own brain inside of my head and not get influenced. No, it's insane that three of his accusers all died in the same month. So, um, wow. but all, and I checked, I remember checking in on all of these accounts on Reddit that were saying that a month, you know, a month new, a week new, three days new. And it was obvious that they were being made just to comment this. And all of the comments were, well, people die all the time. It's really not that big of a deal. Like, don't turn it into something big. Like, you guys are so crazy. Like, the most gaslighty stuff. And it's like, Kevin Spacey is known to be an abusive pedophile like he's just he should have been caught 20 years ago but you're on reddit taking the side of kevin spacey but you're framing it in such a way that i come across thinking that i'm insane so yeah there's all of these bots out there we're only going to see more of it yeah i it even makes me think um there was like a there was a real housewives of beverly hills season that kind of centered around um and i don't want to get it wrong I, i know the bravo fans are like very well documented and there's people that are great at uh, talking about these things, but there was essentially a season where um, one of the characters who she wasn't even really like that interesting or that big online. Like you would think that the ones that have really big social media presences would be like the ones kind of orchestrating these things or even having the resources or knowing who to reach out to. Um, But she was essentially like um, it was found. I I don't know if it was ever proven that, but she paid like, um, you know, a bot farm to comment really awful racial things on one of the cast member's sons, um, Instagrams, Mm -hmm. underage son, like he was like in high school and was getting all these awful racist comments. And they basically by the reunion time came around, tracked it back to um, one or two of the housewives. And so it happens, like it's so crazy. But yeah, I think like part of it is if you ever see comments that are like copy and paste, like very repeated, usually it's like it's because it's coming from the same source um so that's always like a red flag to me if if yeah the verbiage sounds very similar to what you already read from someone else yeah it's just getting really creepy we could do a whole Um, episode on bot farms i know like honestly yeah we, we could there's a lot of evidence out there and i think it's interesting too especially you know relating to elon musk when everything was happening with johnny depp and amber heard and their trial mm-hmm. um there were a lot of bots god yeah. this could be a great episode one day that were used for johnny depp's team and i found that surprising because a lot of people right allege that amber heard's daughter was made out of elon musk's sperm why can i not think of the right phrase but you know what i'm getting at yes Um, and they dated for a while and i know that he was helping her with some of the court fees but you would have thought he could have thrown some money to help astroturf or bot farm in her direction because she really got you know i know annihilated in that field yeah i know i've never like spoken publicly about that trial it was just so crazy but i really do feel like it was two people at like the worst recanting like the worst moments of their lives and like people were really celebrating it and it does seem that one side 
came out kind of better in terms of like mm-hmm. their PR moves and the way that they were able to um, shift like the the public narrative. And yeah, it, it's just uh, it, it's I think we'll like look back on Amber Heard maybe in the way that we look back on some other celebrities and kind of the ridicule that they got. Um, but yeah, I, I don't even want to go down that rabbit hole because it's a crazy rabbit hole. So yeah, <laughs> I'll keep well, my one day when to we, myself. Yeah. When we talk about bots. Yeah. Today's episode of Fluently Forward is brought to you by Pear. This is the season for new looks. And if you are looking to switch up your style around the eye area, you can do so with Pear Eyewear. Basically, they have a bunch of different eyeglasses, sunglasses. You can pick a base frame and then you can also choose your favorite top frames. And these are ones that you can snap in and out very simply, very easily to have any color or any style that you want. So maybe you've gotten your colors done. You know what your color season is. Or maybe you want to go for more of a, um, my fellow millennials will know this phrase, take it from the desk to the party or something. You know, like all those magazine articles where they were like, you got to dress it down and then dress it up for when you go out for cocktails after work. So if you want to make every look merry with Pear Eyewear, you can take advantage of Pear's holiday sale. Go to PearEyewear.com and use the code HOLIDAY20 for 20% off of your first pair. And be sure to mention that Fluently Forward sent you in the post-checkout survey. That's Pear, P-A-I-R, Eyewear.com with the code HOLIDAY20. And look, I, I know our time is coming to an end here so the rest of these celebrities will have to cover maybe in a part two one day Mm -hmm. but the last thing I want to say about Elon Musk is um this was something where like you know I was digging into the thing about him you know cosplaying as his son on Twitter whatever whatever I saw this comment on Reddit and they go someone I used to work with worked at Tesla HQ and said that Grimes used to always pretend to be a child so probs both their kinks went together and Grimes I think is also chronically online in her own way Mm -hmm. but then I started like looking up some stuff about this and apparently Grimes posted I want to say lolly or lowly porn so then I like started googling it I went to Pornhub and I searched it up and I got hit with this message that was like you're this is illegal content and I was like what the fuck I was like I almost like ripped my laptop in half I was like I just want to know like what type it is like I just assumed it was like I don't know like a person with like a diaper on or something and I think it's like a type of um maybe like hentai or something where it's like the young girl I don't know what it is exactly I couldn't I was trying to look up the definition but I didn't want like a flag on my account or anything so let's just say I think once she tweeted something and then took it down and it was a reference to that type of porn which I believe is animated from what I was able to gather before I like stopped looking for it. Um, But I was just like, and then somebody else was saying too, that like somebody knew somebody and they had seen them together and Elon Musk and Grimes would like talk to each other in baby voices all the time. Oh, I can't. (laughs) I believe it. I mean, it just, they just seem really like peculiar and, there's some people in the world that are like very well documented. Like I know they just put out a book about Elon Musk and I mean, he's interesting to me kind of like I went to a, um, I was at a panel in Miami um, that I was a speaker at and one of the speakers as well was Elon Musk. And I remember like you could barely even get into the auditorium and there were paparazzi in the hotel trying to like, like obviously he's very important. Like I was talking to one of the people at the marketing conference and they're like, we never have paparazzi here. Like they're boring. Um, Mm. And so he's obviously people are intrigued by him, but he's just like one of those celebrities where I'm like, uh, like, I don't like, I just don't care. Like, I'm like, I don't get the hype. Like maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. I'm sorry, Elon Musk. I'm sure you're interesting, but I'm just like, okay. Like everyone's like, are you like reading the, the, the book about him and stuff? And I'm like, okay. Like I'd rather, like know about some niche like I want to know more about Tana Mojo like that's interesting to me like I don't yeah I don't know I just feel like he's like one of those celebrities that's like slammed down our throats and whenever someone's like pushed on me I'm like okay like I like I don't even care anymore like I, but he's just one of those people where everyone's like oh my god we have to know what he's doing and I'm like I just like, don't care but maybe it's the bot farms that are hyping him up so then everyone else like <laughs> thinks the hype is I don't know he's just like it's, interesting I think he's only interesting because of the women around him like him having a threesome with Cara Delevingne and 
Amber Heard allegedly. Yes. Or like the like, Azealia Banks thing. Like Yeah, her being like, I'm trapped in Elon Musk's apartment and him and Grimes are trying to yes. have a threesome with me. Also, he looks like a frog. Like That was <laughs> like, like the only time I was like interested in something he was doing. I was like, wait, what's going on? Yeah. So I'm interested in in that sense. And I do think he wants to be a celebrity so bad. Like yeah. he, you know, like, you know, he was so excited to be on SNL. Like he definitely wants that life for himself. Yes. Um, but the man's a sociopath, like obviously. Yeah. God. He's like, he's going to be one of those people who's like definitely well documented um, in history, but I don't know. I'm like, I just think there's like other interesting people out there. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't, maybe it's just not my my maybe I'm not the audience I don't know <laughs> if one last final question yes. if he said I will pay you so much money to put my sperm inside of you because we know that he's a breeder <laughs> would you do it because that's something I'm still on the fence about no I think I would pay him to stay away no. <laughs> um, I mean the only and take his sperm and I'd set it on fire <laughs> yeah like auction it I mean the only thing that like is kind of that would make me interested in him and like this is so full circle but is if he dated doja cat like yeah that would be like my radar would go off and i would start like actually following him and googling him i think that would be interesting but again it's because of like the woman that he's dating like it would be because of doja cat totally but you know what everything you say does end up coming true so yeah i'm an aquarius yeah we see the future now (laughs) We'll see you guys back here in a year when uh, we right. do an episode about Elon and Doja Cat or something. Yes. Well, Coco, thank you so much for coming on. And uh, we're going to go ahead and do your episode next. Mm-hmm. So anyone listening to this, the name of your podcast is Ahead of the Curve. Do you want to do a little teaser and let them know what we're going to be talking about? Yes, I'm so excited. We are going to be talking about, inspired by a TikTok I saw of yours and then Halloween happening. But um celebrity SEO searches and kind of this like conspiracy around them manipulating the algorithm like the Taylor Swift Jets game if you guys know you know and if you don't we'll talk about it um so I'm really interested in just like diving into a few examples of that on my episode and um I think it'll be really fascinating because once you like hear about it you can't unsee it when celebrities do certain stunts I love it I love a good conspiracy theory yes All right. Thank you for coming on. And for everyone else, I will see you next week for another episode of Fluently Forward. Bye, guys.